Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And I'm Daniel. And, you know, we kept our tradition of losing the conference championship game, but, <laughs> man, it was an exciting week of baseball. I mean, you can probably tell from my voice um, that I yelled a lot this weekend. I have a lot of thoughts, um, you know, some some. Uh, yeah, I, I don't even know how to describe the week as a whole. I was only there from Friday through Sunday, but it was a hell of a ride. That's, you know, that's how I'll sum it up now, and we'll get into it here in a minute. Yeah, honestly, I've never really cared a whole lot for baseball as a sport, but I think that this past week may have just made me a hardcore baseball fan because <laughs> that was some of the best sport, just sports in general that I've ever seen in person. Good, good. Welcome to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's as someone who's enjoyed baseball for as long as I have, it's great to see people really taking a shine to the sport that I've loved for as long as I can remember. Yeah. But unfortunately, I was not the one that was at the stadium. You two guys were. Yeah. I mean, I was there for the two ODU games, the last regular season games. Mm -hmm. So I know what the ballpark is like and what a normal game at time environment's like. But how was <laughs> the conference tournament vibe? How was it looked pretty crazy on TV? Oh, it was electric. Crowd was loud. They were into it. The music was was bumping the whole time. It was it was the best tech atmosphere I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, in terms of baseball, I mean, definitely never been a better tech environment than that. I mean, the crowd was into it at times and the crowd was nervous. You know, you could tell that everybody knew the importance of every game, every swing, every pitch. And, you know, the Saturday... I mean, I can't even describe it. This was the craziest thing that I have ever seen in terms of sports that I've been at. And I was at the Texas A&M game in 2012, right? Specifically the bottom of the ninth inning in, or, or the, the ninth inning in total of the second game was the craziest like swing of emotions and just like the lowest lows to the highest highs like in you know, record time, basically. I mean, and also it was great to have people come up to us wearing our GTPDD hats and giving out stickers and stuff. And, you know, it was just cool to see that, like, people like what we're doing. Um, and I wanted to relay that to you, Nathan, as well, because you, you didn't get to be there for this. But, you know, a lot of people came up and said they like the show and or they they like what we're doing on Twitter. And we had a, a player's girlfriend sitting in front of us who said that the team loves our tweets and stuff. And like, that was just crazy. Like she said, they, they text each other about our tweets all the time and stuff. So like, that's a little surreal and like, all right, well, we better, we better make good <laughs> tweets then I guess <laughs> the pressure's on. Yeah. I, I guess we won't just hang up our hats. We were just about to quit doing everything, but now that we've heard <laughs> that people actually like it, I guess we have to keep doing it. <laughs> Enough patting ourselves on the back and speaking no, of nervous no, I, energy. Yeah, let's I don't talk mean about this UTSA game. Yeah, I don't mean to pat. I didn't mean to pat ourselves on the back. It was just <laughs> you know, it was really cool to have people you know say oh, yeah. that. No, I mean, but speaking of nervous energy, yeah, we can pat the, ourselves the on the back. It's, we can do it a little bit. <laughs> the tournament did uh, did not start out as smoothly as we had hoped, right? Yeah, going through it, it felt like a game that's happened so many times over the past few weeks in the late season of the regular season where tech jumps on top early. They're up five, one after five innings, but then after the starting pitcher gets chased out of the game, the bullpen just can't hang on. And the final two innings of the, of the nine inning frame tech allows three runs to allow the game to go into extra innings after being up by four after five. 
Uh, Ryan Jennings got the start here. I'm a little curious what y'all thought about that. I was surprised that Jonathan Fincher wasn't getting the first start. I wasn't. I wasn't really surprised by that because I felt we were we were going to save him for for uh, USM from the beginning because I think that was the game we were I, that we were looking ahead to at the time, you know. And in a tournament, you're not supposed to do that, obviously. But I, I think that's really what we were doing, and we were saving our ace for uh, a team that could really light us up. And um, you know that ultimately may or may not have worked out, you know, I guess we'll talk about that when we get the game too. But yeah, I, I think there's two philosophies for like coaching in these scenarios. We kind of talked about it last week a little bit where like, do you try to save pitchers for the next game or do you just play like there is no tomorrow and then figure out what to do tomorrow? And um, we'll see, I think we'll talk about this with USM's strategies on Saturday, but uh, you kind of wonder, you know, maybe we put Fincher out, against utsa just to make sure that we win the game and we almost didn't win this game so yeah we go to the bottom of the ninth skipping forward a little bit after ryan jennings has a pretty good night but he was good enough good enough to put tech in a position to win uh, kyle krieger comes in and lessens the blow a little bit after ryan jennings starts to struggle just after being tired we're all good up until the eighth krieger runs into trouble landon Tompkins comes in gets tech out of it going into the ninth with landon Tompkins back on the mound up by two runs, needing only three outs to win the game. Tompkins first gets an out, one away, just need two more, then throws eight straight balls. Yeah. Two four-pitch walks back-to-back, and I've never seen a bullpen get up faster than I have when you do something like that. Right, only up two runs in a game that's, I mean, pretty critical. Uh, The first game is more important than you think because not many teams are going to make it out of the loser's bracket, you know, being in the loser's bracket the whole time. Um, so yeah, yeah, I mean, I, we saw what happened to Charlotte losing their first game. You know, they were yeah. out on day two. So, yeah. And so Martinez comes in to pitch for Tompkins. He gets a fielder's choice on his first um, batter face. So now we got two outs. Things are looking good. But coach goes back to the bullpen, pulls Martinez out. He just wanted that matchup, I guess. Um, with uh with lamb who's one of their best hitters i think utsa um and he brings in kyle griffin that oh wait doesn't go as well i just read fielder's choice and said out but that was incorrect because the next guy griffin gets the next guy to fly out so that's the second out <laughs> um but that was a sack fly making the score six to five and then burrows goes back to the bullpen to bring in um tyler fallis for griffin and yeah that that didn't go so well yeah, Tyler Fallis gives up a double pretty much immediately, throws a ball, and then a double. That's not really what you want out of a guy just trying to get one more out Yeah, and you win the game. Yeah. Instead, he gives up a run and then gets a foul out on the next batter, but still the damage is done and it's a tie game. We're going to the bottom of the ninth, something you'd hope to avoid even going there. Mm-hmm. Because other than a hit by pitch in the bottom of the ninth, well, a single before then, but Tech gets two runners on and just doesn't do anything. We're at the bottom of the order now. We we pinch hit for Alex Ray, which I don't think I've ever seen this work as many times as we've done it. <laughs> and Shamar Page reaches on a fielder's choice, but that's only because Corona gets out at second on what could have been a double play ball had there been less than two outs already. Going to extras, free baseball. <laughs> Hooray. God, I, I never want to hear free baseball again in a <clears throat> conference tournament when we're playing. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Both teams leave two men on base in the 10th inning. Yeah. Both teams were in a position to win the game in the 10th inning, and neither did. 
Tech again left two men on in the 11th inning. And we we had two men on with no outs, too. With with Bates, Garcia, and McConnell coming up to bat. Yeah. But in the 12th, the 12th inning, we're finally there. One, two, three inning for UTSA. They, they seem just like they're giving up now, right? And <laughs> Hunter Wells steps up to the plate, takes a ball, a strike, two more balls, and then... Three balls, one strike on Wells. Hits it toward right center field. This ball is up, and it is good. See you later. You got to love it. Wells with a walk-off home run in the 12th inning to win it. Touch them all, Hunter. Touch them all. His second home run of the night, his 11th of the year. So, yeah, this game ends in what would become the norm, but walk-off fashion. I felt like this might be the most exciting game we may see all tournament. <laughs> yeah, I mean, great, great stuff from Hunter Wells there to uh, win the game. His second home run of the game. I believe both were on 3-1 counts. Be careful when you got Hunter Wells on a 3-1 count opposing pitchers. Or don't, actually. <laughs> Forget I said anything. I said you could just walk him too, but the home run is better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I personally will take the home run. Yeah, I was really hoping the 3-1 thing, though, would carry over to the next day because at one point Tech was down 3-1, and I was hoping Hunter Wells could change that. But instead, Tech falls in the second game of the tournament to Southern Miss and a final score of 4-1. to Yeah, one. Tech only scored one run. That is weird. Yeah, I mean, it. this game was weird because from what I remember of it, I watched this one on TV the night before I came to Ruston but I mean we had some opportunities but it really never felt to me like we were in this game but like with two well-placed hits we could have won this game five to four instead of losing it four to one yeah we had had opportunities we had bases loaded twice during the game and came away with no runs yeah Yeah. bases loaded twice in the previous game too and only came away with two runs in those environments tech struggled with the bases loaded kind of consistently throughout the tournament yeah, which is strange because normally when we get in that situation, uh, we're pretty good about at least getting something out of it. Like when we played UTSA at our home series just a couple weeks prior, I think the the fifth inning lasted like 45 minutes alone because we put seven points on the board from getting bases loaded like three separate times in that inning. But yeah, Tech's issue in this game was just getting hits in general, whether or not the bases were loaded or not. Because yeah. even though the Golden Eagles ended the night with 12 hits, Tech only had six. It's the first time that's happened since the beginning of May. So basically a full calendar month. Yeah. This um, this game was extra disappointing because it felt like we were getting worked the whole time. Uh, but the, the entire game, even at the end of it, we were we were in it and we could have won it even at in the bottom of the ninth inning because we had runners on base, but we just couldn't come through. Uh, it just was one of those games where... USM was just flat out better, but we we still had every opportunity to win it and just couldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, and really, I think I think the story. Their starting pitcher was pretty good. Obviously, there were only six hits on the entire night, but um, he got into a jam. He he kind of ran out of gas um, in the bottom of the fifth and walked Corona and get, gives up a single, and then they get one out. But then Wells singles that scores our first run, first and only run of the night. Um, and then Bates walks on four straight pitches to load the bases. But then they bring in that guy, Ryan. I think his first name's Ryan. Ock. Ock, yeah. Yep. Um, and that dude, I mean, gosh, Garcia comes up and just has an amazing at bat against him. Uh, it's it's a ball, a foul, a strike, three fouls. 
to stay alive. Another ball, another foul, another ball. And then the guy has thrown every single pitch I just read off was a fastball. Every single one of them. And he throws a changeup on the corner of the plate. I mean, just a beautiful pitch. Like, even though he's wearing yellow, right? And I hate Southern Miss. The <laughs> dude, like, I mean, Garcia, like, he could, his body would not have let him swung at that if, it, if his brain was telling him, swing, swing, swing. Like, it just, it choked him up. You know, it, it stopped him from moving the bat because he wasn't expecting to see that. And, you know, as a fan of baseball, you're like, damn, that's a good pitch, dude. <laughs> but as a fan of tech, you're like, damn, now we have two outs with the bases loaded. Yeah, that that guy was throwing heat uh, the entire time he pitched, too. I, I believe he hit triple digits on the scoreboard plot. He was clocked at 100 miles an hour at least twice, and I think he may have done it three times. Yeah, Malcolm Butler, who will take over for Dave Nitz with football and basketball, he was doing the color commentary for some of these games. And I don't think he was on this one, but he talked later in the week about how they figured out that that stadium built in Radar gun is about two or three miles an hour faster than real life. So he, he was really throwing oh, 98, oh. not 100. Yeah. Okay. Still, 98 still, yeah. is still really <laughs> yeah. fast. Yeah. And also you're seeing 100 on the board if you're in the tech dugout. So you're like, and maybe they know that it's a little fast, but still like. It's still, yeah. That's, that's imposing, right? When you haven't been hitting well all night already. And then all of a sudden this guy comes in, strikes out Garcia, who's been one of our hottest hitters. And then he strikes out McConnell to end the threat. And, you know, yeah, we added one run. So now it's two to one. But you feel like, man, we needed we needed a, a hit there. Right. We needed Bates to get a hit with two on. But he walked in four pitches. So, OK, we'll take that, too. But then you need Garcia or McConnell to get a hit. And they just they couldn't do it against this guy. Yeah, very few people did. He ended up facing 15 batters. Ryan Ock did on the night and get, only gave up a hit twice and his four innings pitched. Ryan Ock is a name I will not forget soon. And no. someone who the entire time on Friday or Saturday, I was afraid to see coming out of the bullpen, but he never did. Well, yeah. we'll get to it later, but I thought he was going to be the one that they brought in in the, in the bottom of the ninth in game two. But how many pitches did he throw in this game? In this game, he threw 76 pitches, Ooh, which is a okay. lot for a reliever. Okay. That's a lot more pitches than I thought. Okay. I, I thought he only pitched like three innings at most. And he so pitched four. He, he also four. struck out wow. seven. And when you strike wow. out a lot, you end up throwing a lot of pitches. Wow. Yeah, because we weren't getting hits. We weren't making good <laughs> contact with the ball. But okay, that makes more sense then because I, I was thinking, you know, sitting in the stadium on Saturday, wow. I was thinking, okay, that guy's got to be coming back in in relief at some point today. But throwing 76, I mean, that's that's oh, borderline yeah. like, you know, the, their starter only threw 71 and he pitched pretty well. Right. I mean, he just lost it. Yeah, there's no but. way they can bring you in after a 76, 76 pitch performance two days later. So, yeah, I thought it was more like 30 something, you know, like he still had like a good few innings left in him. And so I guess I was wrong there because it didn't yeah. seem like you he know, pitched we, that long. But yeah, I, I, as far as text pitching in this game, I mean, it was it it was OK. Jonathan Fincher what, didn't have his best stuff, but he was good enough to like not get pulled, really. I thought, I mean, it was interesting how that kind of went down because he gives up a hit in pretty much every inning and it actually every inning he pitched in minus the first and the first he led that one off with a walk, yeah. but he didn't give up more than two hits per inning. I don't believe maybe he did that once, but he was giving up a hit every now and then, but it wasn't ever blowing up in his face the way you'd think when you yeah. give up 12 hits, you'd think the other team scores more than four. 
Yeah, I mean, he gives up 11 in seven innings himself, but only those four earned runs, like you said, and only two walks. So, I mean, he definitely didn't have his best stuff, but like I said, he was good enough to leave in. So if this was like if this was like a, a midweek game in the regular season or even maybe one of his normal starts, we may have pulled him in like the fifth and put in our relievers. But with pitching at such a premium in the tournament setting, like you got to leave him out there for as long as he's doing like at least okay, right? <laughs> as long as he's not losing the game for you. And really, he wasn't. Four runs, Tech Tech averages way more than four runs a game. So Yeah, I was going to say like a, uh, a four-run game that, I mean, like I don't like it giving up runs to the other team, but I mean, normally we score way more than that. So if our pitcher gives up four runs, I'd say that's a pretty good game for us. So yeah, uh, it just, you know, that one game, uh, our bats weren't coming alive at all. You know, it was the worst batting performance I've seen all year. I mean, I haven't watched every single game we've played, but that was probably the just the least luck we've had at the plate from games that I've actually watched this year. So it was bad luck, but it was also just very good pitching. Yeah, it, yeah. They, we were we were getting worked at the plate the whole time, like I said earlier. So yeah, but in addition to Johnson Fincher, another guy came in for Tech near the end of the game, Cade Gibson. He pitched two innings in the first game the night before, but then comes back out again in game two and pitched pretty well for a guy who was coming off zero nights rest. Yeah, I don't have that game open anymore. How many pitches did he throw in the previous night? Do you know? So in game one against UTSA, Cade Gibson ended the night with two innings pitched and throwing 21 pitches. The next okay. night he throws 23. Yeah, in, in one, one and two thirds innings. So, yeah, I mean, great. I, I love it. I mean, he's a starter, but he embraced this role as a, you know, as a guy coming coming out of the bullpen and he did it very well. Um, and he ends up starting a game later, but um, it's great to to have that available and we'll need it moving forward. Yeah. And to wrap up this game very quickly, just because we talked a lot about how the bats kind of struggled. Philip Matuli was the only Bulldog that had multiple hits in this game. Both of those were singles. Taylor Young had the only extra base hit of the night, which was a double. And when you don't get a lot of hits and you don't get a lot of extra base hits, especially you don't win very many games, especially when you rely on your hitting as much as the Louisiana tech does. Yeah. But fortunately, we could rely on our hitting the next night. Now in the elimination bracket, facing off against Western Kentucky, winner goes home. Well, winner keeps going for Tech that is going home. The yeah. loser goes back to Bowling Green because Tech in eight innings run rules Western Kentucky 14 to 4. Okay, so if we lose, we go to Bowling Green and that's our new home and they get to keep <laughs> they get to keep the love shack. Those are high stakes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that that's the rules. <laughs> yeah so this was my first uh game in the new love shack my first time back to rustin really since 2015 when i watched us get blown out um in a football game so i mean my first impression of this stadium was like oh my god like it's amazing you know it's it's so great we sat in this game we sat in section six i believe which is yeah. kind of between the third base dugout and home plate and we sat kind of up high and um it it was just great i mean those seats were great the seats we had the next day were great the the berm was great <laughs> yeah but but this was it was just great to be back in rustin for a game back in the love shack you know seeing this new stadium the you know the food was great i mean just top-notch experience all around um i was blown away by it so shout out to everyone involved in all that 
Yeah, and I think Western Kentucky was blown away by Jarrett Worf. We had some discussion in our group before this game started about whether or not we should have started Worf in this game or kept him for the inevitable one of the hopefully two meetings against Southern Miss. I was of the opinion you pitch your best guy because it's an elimination game and you don't win this one, you don't get to play Southern Miss. Yeah. But I'm curious, am I misremembering your argument or do do you still stand by, I'm not sure if we should have started Worf here? Uh, Well... I know what happened on Saturday now. So, uh, yeah. so no, I, I mean, I think, I think, look, Western Kentucky is a good team. They made it to the tournament, right? They can beat, they could have beat us. UTSA could have beat us on night one. They almost did. I think it was more just like a, a discussion of like, is this a chess move that might be made? Like, what are we planning for Saturday if we make it to Saturday? Cause you know, if you, if you make it to Saturday, you have to be planning to to win both games, right? So you have to be like, okay, who would we pitch in game one? Who would we save for a potential game two? Because game two would be your fifth game and we don't have a five starter rotation. So you have to have a plan, right? So I could have seen coach maybe saying like, let's give the start to someone that's normally a bullpen pitcher. Like maybe, I don't know, Martinez. Hmm. And, you know, just see what happens. And if we have to pull him in the third and put in another bullpen arm, okay. You know, if each guy pitches 25, 30 pitches, maybe the bats will do enough to win the game and we can still use those guys tomorrow in a, in a you know, another game situation and start Wharf in a game one against Southern Miss. But I don't know. I love the way it worked out, obviously. And I think it's the smart decision to just win the game you have on the schedule, right? Yeah, and that's my argument is you have to win to even get to Southern Miss. So you throw everything you can at the Hilltoppers because if you don't, you can't be guaranteed playing Southern Miss. In the first game of the tournament against UTSA, I can understand holding you back because you have the safety of it's a double elimination tournament and you don't have that anymore because you've lost your one game that you're allowed. So I'm excited that Worf is pitching and I guess Western Kentucky less so because Worf is a He's had some mediocre games, too, like Ryan Jennings in the past, but he has also had some lights-out nights. This wasn't his best. This wasn't Arkansas game three. But Worf is pretty much in control of this game throughout. Tech jumps on top and is eventually up six to nothing uh, before the seventh inning, and that's when Western Kentucky really does any damage. Uh, Worf gets taken out around this time uh, due to a minor injury that looks like it won't hold him back in the regional and, and moving forward. But he's replaced by another pitcher we've seen a lot of, Kyle Krigger. Yeah, um, and and I think Worf had a knee injury before, but he kind of like we didn't really see it live, but he kind of like doubled over, I guess. Like he threw a pitch and then kind of like crouched down or something after it, and then and then got pulled after the next batter. I think so. This game, like it never it never felt particularly close, really, but. It never, I I'd never felt comfortable knowing that our bullpen does what it does sometimes. Um, so I leaned over to the guy next to us, and I think it was in the seventh when Western Kentucky added three runs. I leaned over to the guy next to us, and I said, man, it would be nice now that we're in the seventh if we could score, you know, sc- score seven or eight more runs and just run rule them so we don't have to get to the bottom of the, ni- or to the top of the ninth and let them have a chance. And uh, that's kind of what happened <laughs> yeah at least at the bottom of the seventh they got halfway there or yeah moving in the right yeah. direction i mean they had bases loaded right um bases loaded and 
I think it was only one out, maybe. Uh, so there was definitely a little. That's the top of the eighth, actually. Yeah. So the seventh, uh, they, yeah, they yeah. scored three runs to make it six to three, which that's was really right, the yeah. first offense they'd had all night. I mean, they had a couple hits, but um, yeah, I mean, geez, I mean, even... this was real. You said you never really felt like it felt close. This was the only time where it did. But then the bottom yeah. of the seventh, Tech responds and scores two more of their own to make it eight to three. And now the difference is only one run that Western Kentucky yeah. nets out of the setting. So I'm I'm feeling confident again. I still it doesn't feel like we're going to run rule them up only eight to three, but things are are still feeling pretty good. Western Kentucky does score one more in the in the top of the eighth, but then here's probably the most fun inning just from a not a stressful fun, but an actual laid back with a beer kind of fun. The bottom of the eighth inning against Western Kentucky. Well, it, hold, hold on though, because you said you said they added one run in the top of the eighth. They. They start out with a triple. They have a single that scores that run. So yeah, they, there's the one run they scored. But then they have a then they have another single, and then they get to two outs, and then they have another single to load the bases. And so one swing of the bat, and you're talking about a tie ball game. It's eight to four. Yes, and Tech has been in the driver's seat the whole time. Um, and you know I don't know anything about this Lambert guy who's up to base um, or up to bat right now. But I mean, look. I've seen tech blow a lot of games, right? So I'm like, okay, well, they're one swing away. So it was tense in that stadium when that happened, um, which is pretty crazy when you go look at the bottom of the eight. So I just wanted to to point that out that like we were we were all kind of like, oh man, what's about to happen? And of course, Krieger gets him to uh, to bat into a fielder's choice to end the inning. So um, luckily, I mean, you know, <laughs> crisis averted, but it was it was tense in there for a minute. And, and we now know what actually happened in that play and that I believe there was a force out at second there. But I just looked it up. How many home runs do you think Kevin Lambert has hit this year? How scared should we have been in that moment? Is like he a I big said, home run hitter? I, I have no idea. Where does he bat in their lineup? And I'll tell you, I'll give you a guess. I mean, on this night in particular, he batted last. So ninth. Oh, okay. So uh, I'll say maybe one. one. Yeah. Yeah. One. He has one home run okay. against Middle Tennessee. <laughs> okay. But- I think the guy who tied up the game in game two of Southern Miss only had two home runs on the year. So that's that double the amount though. That's why. Yeah. So it's true, but you know, the, those situations make can make a hero out of anybody sometimes. So yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, tech though, shared the wealth when it came to being a hero against Western Kentucky. Cause yeah. now I'm going to read this bottom of the eighth inning. It starts with Alex Ray, our number nine hitter. Here's how it goes. Single, single, triple, single, double. Then we record two outs. Tech is now up by a score of 12 to 4. After those two outs, which are a ground out to short and a pop-up to short, it goes from Tech may run roll right here to, okay, I guess we'll play the ninth inning and have to use yeah. another pitcher. But then George Corona on a 2-0 count. Homers to left center field, a two-run home run, scoring two runs and making it 14 to 4. And that's ball game right there. And that's I guess a walk off. Technically win. a walk off. Yeah, but... it is. It counts. <laughs> it's not quite as uh, not quite as um, you know tense as the other walk off wins that we that we may or may not have had. You know, spoiler alert. But uh, you know, this game, I think Coach Burrows he, going into this, he tweaked the batting order a little bit. You know, and maybe it's Western Kentucky being a little bit. Uh, worse in the pitching department and maybe it's partially coach moving the batters around but he put uh he put steel netterville back in the cleanup spot 
Um, he moved Manny Garcia back to sixth and Philip Matulia back to eighth and kind of just spread out. You know, Matulia Garcia are guys that that could legitimately bat fourth in this lineup, right? Like they, they're really good hitters. Um, both have OPSs of uh, of over 950, I think, right? I mean, or at least they did last time we looked at that. But, you know, and then a guy like George Corona gets three hits in this game, including the, the quote unquote walk off home run, right? So there were only two hitters in the lineup that did not have a multi-hit game, and that was Matulia and Ray, the eight and nine hitters. Everybody else had at least two, and George Corona had three. So a great night to build confidence going into later in the weekend. Obviously, you had to win this game to get there, and the batters made sure that that happened. Yeah, it, it just felt like they were having fun. I think I remember hearing Burroughs say that in one of the post-game interviews. Just, oh, it, was, it was nice to have fun again playing baseball after the <laughs> Old Dominion series, which didn't go great to lead into the tournament, and then we had the walk-off win late at night. And then a loss at Southern against Southern Miss, which sucked. Having one of these games where we just dominated at the end, it, I'm not sure if it sparked uh, anything in the team in terms of inspiration or just love of the game kind of things. But it, it felt nice to to have one of these games where it wasn't close down to the wire at the end. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think if if anything, I think it it helped them not remember that they can hit because we're a hitting first team, right? But just like baseball is a game of confidence, right? Like personal confidence and confidence in your teammates and everything. And like just to have a game where every single player on the roster gets a hit or not on the roster, but that played in the game, right? Got a hit. And seven of the guys had two and one of the guys had three. I mean, like that's huge for building your confidence, especially after a game where you only had six hits against, you know, USM who everybody's saying is like the best pitching team in the conference. And well, guess what? Now you got to play him again, right? So what what are we going to yeah. do? You know, are we going to, is it going to be the team that couldn't hit on Thursday or is it going to be the team that could hit on Friday or both? And, and you mentioned the player's confidence. How is our confidence as fans right now going into this rematch Ooh. against Southern Miss, knowing that we have to now beat them twice on the same day to move on? And that's even if we get to a second game. So, so I actually told Evan waking up on Sunday morning or yeah, no, Saturday morning. I told him, I said, I feel really good going into today. Um, I did not feel good going into the first Southern Miss game on Thursday. I had a really bad feeling about it, but I woke up and I told Evan, I said, I have a really good feeling about today. And, you know, you can say, you can say what you told me, but we kind of had differing opinions there, but yeah, because he woke you up screaming in your face. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I think going in, I was just kind of like, you know, I don't know who's going to pitch, right? That was that was my biggest question mark was like, okay, so Gibson might start, but he's already pitched four innings and thrown like 50 pitches across two days. So it, is he is he going to be good to go? How long can he go for? And then we get into the bullpen in like the fourth inning. Okay, that doesn't sound like a recipe for success. So I didn't feel very good about Saturday. I thought maybe we could steal game one from them. Um, <laughs> steal. <laughs> You know, but then in game two, if I, I think in the morning, I'm like, if we get to game two, like they're going to ask me and Daniel to go pitch, right? Like, I, I don't <laughs> know what the hell we're going to do. But yeah, so I would say my, my confidence for making it to the championship game was not high at all. I, I can't lie. You know, I, I did not really think we had a chance to win two games against Southern Miss on Saturday. I wanted it to happen. I, you know, you know, the head said no, the heart said yes. That uh, That's where I'll... <laughs> That's how I'll finish yeah. that. Up. 
at, at this point, I was mostly hoping that we would beat Southern Miss once and then Southern Miss would dominate Old Dominion in the championship and then maybe we could still host. That's kind of where I was. I was Maybe maybe we can get two Kusa hosts and if ODU's not one of them, then maybe it can be us. But yeah, I wasn't feeling too great about winning both of these games, like you said, with practically no pitching available. Yeah. Yeah. No pitching if- that we knew of, right, that like could could do what needed to be done and had proved that. So, uh, and let me tell you what, uh, it seemed like I was right <laughs> when this game yeah, started. Early on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but the atmosphere for this game, I mean, the, Friday night, the atmosphere was great. The atmosphere at the beginning of this game was incredible. Like the crowd was just buzzing. Like there were, a, there were a bunch of Southern Miss fans there too. None particularly annoying that I encountered anyway, but you know, they cheered for their team, but that's okay. Right. But like, I think Corey Diaz posted a video of the first pitch and like you can just hear the crowd like just ready and full of anticipation for what's about to come. And none of us knew what was about to happen, but it did not start out great for for tech. Well, I got to say that um, Lane Burroughs said after the first Southern Miss game on Thursday that he said it sounded like a Southern Miss home game. And he was right. The crowd was not into it on Thursday. It was very loud. The Southern Miss fans there were very loud. And they were, you know, they were showing they were showing out for their team. And we said we can't let this happen, basically. And so from the very first pitch, we were into it. And uh, as far as atmosphere goes, I, I got to give a real quick shout out to Manny Garcia's mom. Oh, yeah. She is incredible. <laughs> she has recently arrived in Ruston and she stays with Manny, I believe. And has been going to every game and ha- does all her chants in Spanish. And she's got this incredible energy that has the crowd clapping for her. Yeah. And like, and not the players. Like, she's just amazing. And she, <laughs> she was, she's someone you want on your side. And she was so great to have. She was a big part of that, uh, of that energy we had. Yeah. And on Friday night, her and George Corona's mom were the only two people doing these Spanish chants, which makes sense. But by Sunday, <laughs> they had like the whole section like that around them doing this chant in Spanish. That's you probably, if you go back and, and watch it on TV, which I actually did watch. Um, I, I only had time to watch game one from the fifth inning through the end. Um, uh, so the game we're talking about now, I, I went back Why and would rewatched you skip it. until the fifth inning. <laughs> we'll <laughs> talk about that in a second, but, um, <laughs> But you can he- you can actually hear it. It's like uh, I don't I don't know what the words are, but it ends with aura. So like now, it was just really cool, and they you know they just brought all kinds of energy. And on Friday night, especially, we were sitting really close to them, and like you know you can just tell that they that she loves baseball and she loves this team. She loves all the players, like and you know she was putting it all putting it all out there for the team. And like like Daniel said, uh, I think. Manny got a hit or a home run maybe on Friday night. I don't remember. And, and people turned and clapped for her instead of clapping, <laughs> instead of clapping for Manny. It was, it was great. But speaking of things that were great, the beginning of this game was not. It was great. If you were a Southern Miss fan, it was not yes. great. If you're a tech fan or really oh, yeah. if you're a fan of close games, because this game started out with Kate Gibson on the mound, the third time in four days, Kate Gibson is going out there to pitch and he gets to the first unscathed, but gives up two in the second and one in the third. And then finally gets relieved in the fourth with Kyle Griffin and collectively they give up five in the mm. fourth. Yeah. Tech is now down eight, nothing. And we're not even halfway done. I'm worried about getting run ruled now. Yeah. And we were too. Yeah. They actually said, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, 
you know, we said in the stands, like, man, we're going to get freaking run ruled here. But they actually said after this game that Mitch Gaspard, the uh, the assistant coach, the batting coach, actually gathered the team together after this fourth inning and said, you know what, guys, we've we've worked too hard to get run ruled in our own freaking stadium in the conference tournament. Like, we are not going down like that. Only he didn't say freaking. Yeah, probably <laughs> yeah. not. Um, so, you know, and, and that's what they said. They said he gathered the team up after this fourth inning and... You know, uh, what happens next will shock you. <laughs> yeah, because, again, we're down to nothing, but we've also only had one hit, which I think was yeah. in the fourth inning. It was yeah. yeah, we were getting no bad. hit through three. Yeah, yeah, I think they had 12 hits before we had one hit, I believe. Yeah, because I, yeah, I tweeted out the, um, guys, I think we're going to need at least one hit because <laughs> we're down <laughs> eight to nothing and we had not hit the ball yet. And then they gave you exactly what you asked for and nothing <laughs> more until the fifth. Yeah. <laughs> And Bros has talked before about how a lot of beginnings often start with a walk or a hit by pitch. And this one does because George Corona on a 2-2 count gets hit by a pitch. Then some magic starts. Phil Matulia grounds to second. No, grounds to, to yeah. short, excuse me. The shortstop throws and the ball away trying to get Corona at second. And Corona ends up at third and Matulia at first. Still no outs. This, this fucking guy, the shortstop. Oh boy. Do we have yeah. some thoughts about him? <laughs> This would not be the only bad throw he would make all week or even all day. <laughs> yeah, but uh but yeah, he he just kind of kind of chunked the ball too far uh, allowing um Corona and Matulia to advance to second and third with no outs. When it that that was a double play ball straight up. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But it it's a spark. And the spark starts this. Alex Rice singles, Young sack flies, Corona home, well singles, Bates singles, Netterville doubles. McConnell singles Garcia hits into a double play but at this point who really cares tech has cut the lead to eight to six yeah tech is right back in it yeah I mean it felt like uh, the the crowd by that point the energy was basically dead because it's like holy crap we're gonna get run ruled in an elimination game against our hated rival you know they're gonna play in the championship game on our field right and that energy turned into like, all right, we're going to do this, right? Like, <laughs> in like in like 15 minutes of real time. It was crazy. There was, after that inning, there was not a doubt in my mind that we were, we were going to win this game. If I'm the, or, um, like, I, I was like 100% confident that we, we were going to win it. I, there, there was like no way, the way we started to come back like that. that we, we were not being denied. Game. Yeah, we were, we, we had a fire in our hearts that would not be extinguished. But it almost yeah. kind of was yeah. because jumping forward an inning, bottom of the seventh now, both Southern Miss and Tech scored a run going into what I'm about to talk about. So now it's nine to seven. Garcia singles to right field with the bases loaded. Again, bases are loaded. This is a, a sticky issue this week. One run scores easily. I believe it's Bates. But Netterville plans on slowing down at third base and just staying there. There are less than two outs right now. So that's usually the move. But Lane Burroughs waves him home. He realizes it's a little too late after he's already kind of pulled up and he's thrown up pretty easily at the plate. And now there are two outs. So this sucks because it's a heat of the moment. Netterville's kind of listening to the baseball IQ that says stop at, at third when there's only one out, but then decides to run anyway. And if he had just run through, like you said, Evan, there wasn't a great video angle of this, but you said if he had yeah. just run through, he probably scores pretty easily and the game is tied. Yeah, I mean, the the tag on watching it um, on the broadcast today, yet they didn't have a good angle of it either. We didn't see it live because, or I didn't. I was looking at the plate 
so I didn't see I, the guy next to us was like, oh, Burroughs must have told him to stop and then told him to go. But I think you're right. I think Burroughs gave him the go signal, but Netterville was expecting the stop signal. So he he kind of I saw out of the corner of my eye his like stutter step. Right. So he lost like a full step and a half. And the tag was probably a step ahead of where he was. So it would have been very close if he hadn't stopped. It's not like a guaranteed run, but it was I think he would have been a half step of ahead of the tag had he not had that hesitation. I mean, that that hurt because it was like, man, like we were about to tie it with one out and, you know, keep this rally going like bat around and, and then Corona strikes out immediately following that. So it's like, ah, but it, it didn't it didn't at least for me and Daniel, I don't think it didn't stop us from believing that like the comeback was still on, you know? Yeah, we still have two innings and this is tech batting that we're talking about. They can score another run. Yeah. And we, we've come back this far. We'll keep go, coming back. But yeah, top of the eighth, Southern Miss makes some noise, leaves a couple of men on, but scores nothing. So we're now still down one run, going to the bottom of the eighth. Matulia <laughs> walks on five pitches. Ray walks on four pitches. Taylor Young walks on four pitches. Bases oh, are full of Bulldogs. That was fun, dude. Yes. The crowd. So apparently the story on the the ball chant, which you probably heard from TV, Nathan, or if you were there, oh, yes. apparently some of the old Dominion players were in the stadium and like got that started because apparently they really? don't like Southern Miss either because <laughs> they think so I, I read that somewhere. I, I apologize for not remembering who to credit for that, but yeah. Credit so Matulia Matulia faces a, a ball and then fouls one off, then three straight balls, then four straight balls to Ray, then four straight balls to Young. So that's that's eleven in a row. And the crowd, yeah. every single pitch was saying, you know, ball four ball five you know and all the way up to 11 like we kept doing it and then they switched pitchers and we still <laughs> we still did it uh and the guy threw a ball but then then a strike to wells um so yeah that that whole sequence was really fun for us in the crowd um because it was getting pretty loud with that you know ball four ball five chant um and yeah the the next pitcher didn't do much better at least right off the bat yeah, a lot of this is running together, and I think you said you watched this game earlier. So Wells reaches on a fielding error by the pitcher. Everyone's yeah. safe, and the run scores. Do you remember exactly what happened on this one? There were so many plays to remember. Dude, I don't. I don't. Watching it back, I don't think that should have been ruled an error on him. It basically oh, is that the pitcher one. Yeah. So the pitcher, yeah. when pitchers finish their their like follow through, they're like facing the opposite direction of. So I don't remember if this pitcher is left-handed or right-handed. The ball went to his, to his right, but his body was twisted the other way. And the ground ball wasn't particularly fast at him, but he like stuck his, his arm out and the ball bounced off his glove. So like he made a pretty good effort to get to the ball. And I guess they're going to rule it an error more often than not. If you get your glove on it, um, and you don't make the play, but it bounces off his glove. He gets to it, but not in time to make a throw at home. So the bases were loaded. And, um, you know, if, if that went straight into his glove, like it did to end that old dominion game a couple weeks ago that you were at Nathan, it, it probably would have been a double play to potentially end the inning, but, but would have been a triple play. <clears throat> oh, I guess there were no outs. Weren't there? Yeah, there yeah, were no outs. Have been a triple play. Ah, uh, I doubt it would have been a it triple been play, but yeah, yeah, but it, it, I don't know that it's fair to call that an error on him, but anyway, Tech scored a run to tie the game, so that's all I care about. That would have been a crazy play for the pitcher to make, so it definitely should have 
kind like of I said, watching it back, I mean, his body is contorted the complete opposite direction. Oh, yeah. and he still sticks his glove out to try to get it. So, yeah, yeah. the pitcher redeems himself on the next at bat, though. I was about to say next pitch. Two pitches later, he redeems himself. Parker Bates grounds out pitcher, throws the ball to the catcher. Catcher doesn't even have to apply a tag because it's forced because the bases are still loaded and they remain reloaded. But now there is one out and a run does not score. So still nine to nine. But then still Netterville, who you know he can swing the bat. You know he can get the ball to the outfield. That's what he does. He flies out to right field. It's a sack fly. Tech was, has the lead. It was close to the wall, too. Very yeah. close. We had a lot of warning tracks that yeah. game. We were, that we day were like, in general. Like, we were counting we were, warning tracks. Like We had seven or eight warning tracks on Saturday. Oof. Yeah, it was it was pretty brutal. It was we, like, just, we just, just couldn't get him those part. extra few feet. Yeah. And even though Tech was up by a run, this next at bat was still kind of brutal because McGonnell grounded out to the first base unassisted. Yeah. And I mean, Tech will have to go into the top of the ninth only up by one. Yeah, the, the first baseman just grabbed the ball and like casually strolled to first base. It was pretty funny. Yeah, um, yeah but Tech's up 10 to 9 going into the ninth. We took the lead after being down 8 to nothing. I mean, come on. We had, like Daniel said, we had no hits and they had 10 or 11 or 12 maybe. I mean, goodness, but this game was not going to end that easily, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, you're feeling pretty good. Again, you're still relying on the bullpen, but I mean, you just need three outs. How hard is it to get three outs? Hmm. Apparently, it's pretty hard to get one out because two pitches into the first at bat, Lynch for Southern Miss. Homer's over the right. No, this this one went straight over the 380 sign in dead center field. That's it right, was more yeah. of a line drive than a than a like moonshot like some of the other home runs we'll talk about. But yeah, no doubt home run. Parker Bates had no play on it. But yeah, not that. That's a way to take the air out of the stadium real fast. Yeah, because again, there are no outs, and luckily Tech goes Krieger comes in and gets one, two, three, and ends at the the top of the ninth. And Tech bottom ninth got a chance right here. Corona doubles with one out, but he's left stranded there. So we're going to extra free baseball. Again, hooray! <laughs> there wasn't enough baseball this weekend. Let's play some extra innings. Yeah, <laughs> Kruger is back out there for the top of the tenth. He goes one, two, three, gets a strikeout, a ground out, and a fly out. Kind of the trifecta right there. And Tech is back up at bat, bottom of the tenth, top of the lineup. Taylor mm. Young starting out first again, feeling pretty good right here. I love the way this play-by-play, the box score goes through this bottom of the tenth. Young flies out, Wells walks, USM head coach Scott Berry ejected with one out in the bottom of the 10th. That's actually <laughs> the line that's listed here in the box score. <laughs> yeah, he he had been Are warned balls, maybe balls and strikes too. Yeah, he warned yeah. he was warned in the top of the first inning, I believe. Like it was yeah. super early on, like with within 10 minutes of the game starting, like Yeah, Cade Gibson got a strikeout or two in the first inning, I think, and uh and and that I mean, the, the atmosphere for that was amazing. And Cade Gibson, I love Cade Gibson, like his energy, like coming off the mound when he strikes a dude out for the third out. It's just like, he's so freaking jacked up and like everybody comes out. And, and I also noticed Cade Gibson's like the first guy out of the dugout when he's not pitching to go like, to go like pat the other pitcher on the back when he comes off. So shout out to him, you know, and, and really all the tech pitching staff for, for everything they did this week. But, um, yeah, he was arguing balls and strikes on one of those strikeouts and the umpire like just like it was so weird because he didn't really go over to the coach and say anything, but he like got his little book out 
and it was very dramatic. He like he like flung his little book out of his pocket like he was drawing a knife or something and like wrote down the warning. And I had totally forgotten about that. But then Barry is is like barking at him from the dugout and he just casually turns and and points. I wasn't even looking at the field at this point, you know, and and I, the crowd cheered and I was like, wait, what the hell just happened? And the guy next to us was like, oh, I think their coach just got kicked out. <laughs> It's like, oh yeah, he did get warned. So later, dude. That's also like, as a coach, that's got to be the last thing you want. Like, just from a a firing up the opposing team's crowd. Like, you're on the road, you're in extra innings in an elimination game, right? Or an elimination game for us. Yeah, that fired up the crowd going into our at bat, and like that, I feel like that's like the last thing you want. You know, not only to get your coach ejected, but also to get the crowd like even more into it than they already were. And yeah, you know, I, that, that may have helped us a lot. You know, I have heard Burroughs say before that sometimes coaches like try to get kicked out to like light a fire in their own team, but this was not the situation for that. No. <laughs> um, especially since like his team's not at bat, his team's like, you know, that there's nothing that he's going to accomplish by barking at the umpire in the bottom of the 10th about strikes and balls when the guy's strike zone was all over the freaking place the entire game for both teams. And it was a one, two, three at bat. It wasn't like it was, they had a person on base and like, you could argue that call, but you know, you can't say for sure, but we probably would have gotten him on the next pitch anyway. So like, I feel like there was a better time for him to do it. And he just (laughs) picked a really bad time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe he just saw the future because he realized how important this Hunter Wells walk was. Yeah. In fairness, the uh, the pitch was pretty good on watching it back. Uh, it was it it was on the outside corner, and like I said, the guy's strike zone was bad the whole game. He had definitely he had definitely called that exact pitch a strike on both sides earlier in the game, but he had also definitely called it a ball, like just a, just a a fastball on the outside corner. So I mean you really can't say like that's a strike or that's a ball like because the guy was so erratic the whole game that you can't like you can't definitively state one way or the other but um anyway wells walks and gets on first base feeling pretty good you got bates coming up to bat yeah but unfortunately bates flies out to center field so now there are two outs yep. and you're <laughs> maybe thinking okay well here go we go to the bottom of the 11th more free baseball but instead after a foul ball netterville does this. Oh, what pitch. Hit toward right center field. It's going to plug the gap. Here's Wells headed around second base. They're going to try to score. Wells, here comes the throw to the play. Not in time. Bulldogs win it. You got to love it. Netterville hits one into the gap in right center field. And the Bulldogs and Southern Miss will play another game. Oh, you got to love that. I do. I do love that. Oh, man. I man. missed the guy going Bulldogs over <laughs> and over again. I I need Dave Nitz to just, like, call my life. <laughs> like, like, I just need Dave Nitz in the background, like, just, like, narrating my life, man. He's you so good. You should ask him if you can do the play-by-play for your wedding. <laughs> oh man that was that's such a great call yeah and and gosh okay so i didn't realize this until i watched this earlier today i wish i'd gotten to watch uh game two because i feel like I, i'll miss some stuff but 
the throw from the wall. So Netterville bounces this one off the wall, I think. And the throw made the shortstop run like he had to like run to catch it. So it wasn't a particularly good throw. And then the shortstop then had to turn in and relay it into home. So if that throw, I mean, Hunter Wells beats this out by a half step. Like I said earlier with Netterville, maybe potentially beating out that, that one earlier in the seventh or eighth. Um, this one, Hunter Wells, he beat it. It's, it's very clear. I don't even think they reviewed it. It's very clear oh, yeah. that he's safe, but he was safe if that lot, had yeah. been a, if that had been a great relay throw in, I think he would have been out. It was that close. Like, and the, the throw was that far off and you can't blame the right fielder for that or the center fielder, whoever threw it, because it's like, it's a bang, bang play. You're just trying to throw the ball as fast as you can. Right. But like, if that, if that had gone to like Gabe Montenegro and left field, I think, I think he would have been out. Cause that dude's really good. We kept saying if he had gone to left field. I don't think we would have, we would have sent him we, home. I think yeah, we would have kept him at third. Yeah. 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 We, we had done that all game, like whenever it went to Montenegro, like in any case where against another team, you might try to stretch it into a triple or you might try to you might try to score from second base on him. Like, nope, you're not doing that. That dude is nah. too good. And we know that because we've played them freaking 47 times this season. So, well, how about 48? <laughs> we have one more game against Southern Miss. Yeah. How do we feel? Like, I mean, there's very there's only a couple hours after that game to calm down and get ready for a second game and kind of get in the headspace of, okay, cool, we won that game. All right, here's another game. Yeah, Did y'all think we had this game? I mean, like, going in, you, I like I said earlier, I felt really good about just the day in general waking up. But, you know, at that moment, we're on top of the world, right? You know, we just – we at least think we just saw the craziest thing we're going to see. Yep. That was my uh, – all weekend, you know. Netterville's double and well scoring became my top tech sports live moment. Yeah, because I was and not. I at had the just game. said it was a very close second, um, but that may or may not change uh, later yeah. on in the night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so Netterville Netterville's hit and well scoring takes over the top spot as as my top tech sports moment. You know, because I I missed the Iona buzzer beater, but or that one wasn't a buzzer beater, but you know what I mean. Um, and close my enough. top tech sports moments before that were like the the Raheem Appleby half court buzzer beater against Northwestern State in triple overtime that was or double overtime that was pretty dope but that was a regular season game that didn't really have any implications other than beating Northwestern State okay um and the the Texas A&M game had some crazy moments that are up there too and kicking the field goal you know yada yada we can talk about our top sp- tech sports moments in more detail in the off season but like that took over. It, it was the number one moment. I mean, to cap off that 8-0 comeback. So I'm feeling in this moment, like anything could happen today. We were down eight yeah. to nothing in an elimination game. And Southern Miss has the best bullpen in our conference. And here we came and lit them up for 11 runs in five innings. <laughs> right? I, I mean, anything could happen today. Uh, well, not even just that. We also stopped their offense. Yeah. Yeah. In the past, in the last four innings that we faced them, we only allowed one run. Yeah. And that's with our bullpen. Yeah. Remember that was, our, our that bullpen was, that's bad? Oh, yeah. Shout out freaking Cade Hodges. Holy cow, dude. Cade Hodges came in the first time since March 9th. Last time he pitched was when we played ULM on March 9th. That's the last time this dude entered a game. And he comes in and gives us, what, three innings? With one run earned, right? Is that is that right? 
Something like that. I'm just, I've been confused this whole season why we haven't used some of the guys who have entered a couple times and he have gives up fine enough hits, numbers. Four hits and one earned run in four innings pitched. My God, he hasn't pitched in two months, two and a half months. Where's he been? Coach. Well, I, I heard that there may have been an issue in that the last game he played where he may have said something to coach that upset oh. him. I'm not sure the truth behind that, but that's what I've heard. And so maybe coach was like, they exchanged had words yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I forgot. I forgot that. Guy so I don't know that. the exact story, but I guess coach may have had him benched because, you know, you, you don't get to talk to your coach like that or whatever, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know about but that. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look, we're trying to win games. I don't yeah, care what well, he said to coach two hey, and a half months he ago. He came in clutch on Saturday, so. Yeah. yeah. And another guy did out of the bullpen, too. The guy who started game five of this tournament, Greg Martinez. Oh, my God. Oh, man. The reliever. If, if you told me. So you asked how I felt going into this game, and I kind of answered that. I felt like anything could happen. If you, I, I felt like anything could happen. I did not feel like Greg Martinez, the reliever, would start this game and do what he did. In this game, I mean, that, like, I said in the morning before both games, I felt like we would have to win 15 to 14 in both games if we were going to have a chance. And game two was the, comp- game one kind of backed me up on that, right? Okay, we we don't have the, the starting pitching to go out and pitch eight relatively shut down innings. Um, game two of Saturday was the complete opposite of what I expected. I just complete opposite i remember hearing from southern miss fans how they were excited that they still had their starter to start this game uh, ben etheridge i was hearing things about him throughout that two-hour break between games on twitter but greg martinez who as a reliever had pitched a couple times even in the tournament before this in a couple of short spots comes in here's his line eight and a third innings pitched nine hits allowed only 30 earned runs and nine strikeouts. <laughs> My God. Maybe we just should have been starting him this whole time. Yeah. I mean, he got, I think, did he start at all before that this season? Um, Not this season. At I least. don't know. I don't think so. Let's see. He's he, only a sophomore, too, I believe. Like He pitched three innings against Southern, three three and a third against ULM. Yeah, that, that looks like. I think I think there was discussion at the beginning of the season about whether Gibson would be the fourth starter or Martinez would be the fourth starter, and I think Gibson came out and had a better performance, maybe against Tulane, and that kind of solidified this four starter rotation that we had. But I mean, what was the stat line again? Can you give me that again? Yeah. Uh, so Greg Martinez in this game, he pitches eight and a third, nine hits allowed, three earned runs, and nine strikeouts. Nine strikeouts. My God, dude, what a what a game from this guy. And and three earned runs. I mean, that's uh, you want to guess what his ERA was going into this tournament? Uh, seven point eight. It was nine. Oh, wow. He was oh. allowing and earned run per inning pitched throughout the course of the year. Wow. Comes in, pitches eight and a third and only gives up three. Wow. Wow. I mean, amazing. Like like after uh, Saturday was the day of. First of all, pandemonium and insanity. But second of all, surprising pitching performances um, yeah. from Tech. I mean, Cade Hodge's first was like a revelation out there, just like stopping the bleeding, right? giving us a chance. <sighs> My God. And you said eight and a third. And man, it was almost a complete game with one earned run. It was almost. 
Almost. Yeah. I mean, but, even Greg Martinez, the god, has to run out of steam sometime. Uh, but before we get quite there, this was another game with a lot of hits, but they're kind of scattered throughout the game. Going into the eighth, it's one one to one, and with one out, Manny Garcia hits the first pitch he sees over the right center fence. Oh. And Tech now has the lead going to the ninth. <laughs> oh my god, it was so hype <laughs> when that Oh man, it was so hype when that happened. Because I, I would say to that point, I mean, this game, there were there were a lot of hits in this game, um, but it wasn't like strung together like you want it to be. You know, it was, you know, Southern Miss scored. Unless you're a pitcher. Yeah. Southern Miss uh, hit a home run in the second and then Tech drives in a run in the fourth. But this game didn't feel like it was tilting one way or the other, other than the fact that we had Greg Martinez out there just surprising the hell out of all of us. Right. And they pulled their starter in the sixth or in the seventh. Excuse me. It didn't feel like the scales were tilting one way or the other. It was very tense the whole time. It was like both teams were in it and both teams were within striking distance of winning this game. And so for when that ball left Manny Garcia's bat, it was just like, and, and like I said earlier, sorry to keep talking, but <laughs> like I said earlier, <laughs> we had six or seven warning tracks in, on this day across both games. So this ball went over that fence and it was just pandemonium in the stands people were you know just like screaming their heads off you can tell daniel and i were screaming it was crazy yeah so it feels like this one might be over again ninth three inning outs. you just need three outs oh my gosh and look at the play-by-play -play for this inning how many lines are there jesus a lot yeah but here's the thing it was almost very short because greg martinez gives up a single to start the inning no big deal i mean that's not ideal but things could be worse Gets a pop out to the center fielder on the next pitch, I believe. So you're you're good. You have one out, a runner at first, double plays in order, and a double play ball is delivered to Alex Ray at mm. shortstop, who muffs it. Mm. It would have been close. It was not it, by all, all means a yeah. guarantee double play and game ender, but it could have been. The crowd was sitting there begging for a double play ball, and like you said, it we was got delivered. It. Yeah, and. I don't know if the guy would have been out. You can never tell. Like, there's no way to be sure that the guy at first, I don't know how fast he is. I don't know how cleanly Taylor Young would have fielded the the throw and how, you know, you you can't tell if it would have gotten both guys out, but it would have gotten two outs and it would have left one guy on base, right? Instead of yeah. two. And the next thing that happens immediately after this is Southern Miss Brings in Slade Wilkes, who's he's a freshman for them. He's um he was like a highly touted recruit and hasn't really panned out the way they hoped this year, but he's still a freshman. He has one home run on the season, which was actually a three run home run against Tech um late in a game in Ruston when they played us here back in April. And he what do you know? He does the same exact thing again. Three run home run immediately after that, maybe failed double play. And we haven't really talked about like plays in the field for tech, but my God, were we good defensively oh, yeah. all week? I mean, well, Ray had a few amazing plays in that game. Yeah. The game, like yeah, he, he had a play he was on fire remember. up until that moment. Yeah. I don't even remember what game it was in, but he had a play where he fielded one and we all thought he was just going to throw to first. The, the bases were loaded. We thought he was going to throw to first base for an out from his knees he throws to home plate and we were all thinking, dude, what the hell are you doing? Like, just take the easy out at first 
and give them the run. But <laughs> pretty much every game we played, other than the Western Kentucky one, was close enough where you don't want to give up runs. So I will yeah. him and, you know, they gave him an error for this. It was an error for sure. Um, he should have fielded the ball. But it sucked. The way that this went down was like that home run was just like, man, this is the biggest tech thing to ever happen. Like we won yeah. the first game in the craziest fashion. We are leading in the second game. We get a double play ball to end the game. It doesn't happen. And then immediately three run home run blast. Yep. You know, at that moment, like all of the energy in the entire stadium for tech fans, at least was just completely seemed like it was gone, you know? Oh yeah. And the Southern uh, hit the girls behind us were yeah, just like they screaming their yeah. freaking heads off, which I would be too. Right. And I did yeah. later and earlier and throughout this weekend. <laughs> so like, I, I'm not blaming them, but it was just like, yeah, that was annoying to have them like two rows behind us when we were, you know, <laughs> sulking we in our in like, morning, sadness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that made it four to two. Southern Miss tacks on another run later in the inning. Now it's five to two. Going to the bottom of the ninth. Now they just need three more outs to win it. But the top of our order is up. Yeah, and, and real quick, just one last thing. So they pulled we pulled Martinez after that home run because you kind of had to, right? Um, and Daniel, you said the crowd was was you know out of it, but we got right back up. We saw Martinez coming off the mound. We he yeah. got a oh. huge standing ovation. I mean, you know. Whether we win the game or not, we all recognize that Greg Martinez came out and he gave us a chance. That, like, that's the best. That's the best pitching performance of his life, probably. Right. Like, even though he gives up nine hits, I mean, to come out in that situation where you haven't started a game all year and you go eight and a third and potentially a complete game right there on the table, you delivered the double play ball that needed to be delivered and it just didn't pan out. I mean, like if we had lost this game, I'd still. I'd still oh, be yeah. sitting here talking about Martinez and how great of a performance he had, you know? I got to give him, like, a, a kind of a teammate shout-out here, too. Like, after we pulled him, he was, like, he was the one chasing after foul balls. Like, yeah. the dude <laughs> yeah, should ball. be sitting in the dugout icing his shoulder and, yeah. you know, be, <laughs> being, like, oh, man. Being, he like, was fed the first grapes one out or of the something dugout. by the other guys yeah. in the bullpen. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's, he's the one running out of the dugout going to get foul balls yeah. down the third baseline, you know? And yeah, that was that was really really funny. Yeah, heck um, of a teammate right there. Yeah, but yeah. game's not over yet. Game's not over yet. Now Taylor Young comes out of the dugout not to field a foul ball, but to step up to bat, and with a full count, singles into right field. And and also we're down five to two at this point. Just to reiterate yeah. that five to two, they added another run on uh, on a sack fly before the end of that inning. So it's five to two. Not feeling great, but hey, after what happened in that first game. We all felt like it was possible. Yeah, and then an interesting move occurs. Oh my goodness! <laughs> At the time, Southern Miss had a guy pitching named Aubrey Gillantine. He had pitched the very end of the previous inning and got the last two outs in the eighth. But then, after giving up the single, he gets pulled, and he gets pulled for Dustin Dickerson. Dustin Dickerson Shortstop. does not appear anywhere on the pitching report because Dustin Dickerson is not a pitcher. He is a shortstop. Yeah, and he is a trash talker. Um, and he had to be held back by his teammates after game one of Saturday. After we were celebrating on the field, he was trying to go fight our players, apparently, um, and was being held back. And there were words exchanged, and apparently there's some beef, and we won't get into that. Um, it's out there on Twitter if you want to find it. But um, it, it, he he runs his mouth, and 
it was we were all like what the hell are they doing like they because they had a guy warming up i think yeah like a like a pitcher like a real <laughs> okay they had a bunch of guys that could have gone in and even the southern miss fans that were just screaming in our ear you know a minute before that were like what the hell is happening yeah we were we, we were turning to southern miss fans being like has he ever pitched before and they were like <laughs> not for us <laughs> he did pitch in high school this was something that the commentators on the broadcast were trying to furiously google and figure out what the hell was going on too uh there they several times like do we get the number right is there another number whatever on the team wow he yeah 1.8 something era in, in high school though so there's that this is like from a movie like it's it's yeah. crazy like this dude has been talking trash all day he's like the ringleader of of people on their team who's talking trash to our players and they put him into pitch. And I kid you not, the first pitch he threw to Wells because he comes in and he's pitching to Wells was a ball. The umpire called it a ball. And this kid stared down the umpire for five seconds because he thought it was a strike. And yeah. he actually does get Wells to strike out swinging. Um, Wells didn't have his best weekend um, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, unfortunately, but then Bates comes up in singles, moving Young over to third. Netterville then sack flies, so now there's two outs, and we're down five to three. And they leave that shortstop kid out there. Dickerson, he stays out there, and this guy too. After the game, I read he only had a ninety to ninety-four mile an hour fastball. They he didn't even have a changeup to work with. So I mean, Tech didn't have a scouting report on the guy. To be fair, I guess, but I yeah. I don't know. Now that I know they didn't have Ock available, probably because he threw 75 pitches two days before, I feel a little different. But I I find it hard to believe you didn't have somebody to come out and get one out. I mean, come on. Yeah, I I don't I don't get it. It it reeks of cockiness and yeah, it, and it feels like we're saving our we're saving our real pitchers for tomorrow because we're gonna play tomorrow and you're not. And it's yeah. like, bro, you have three outs to get. Your guys can get those three outs and still pitch tomorrow. You know, yeah. but. Thanks. Right. I, I, thank you, Scott Barry and, and Christian Ostrander. Maybe Ostrander, who used to be the pitching coach at Tech, was uh, was actually like sabotaging them. Yeah. Double agent. Yeah. Well, I've, I've heard that. It, like we looked it up. Apparently it was his call. Like it wasn't from what I've seen. It, it, their head coach was not the, the one who made that call. That's he a... claims they were out of pitchers, but I just don't buy that at all. Yeah. I think he said something along the lines of like we didn't feel confident with any of the arms we had left and it's like damn if you're like if you're like a relief pitcher that's pitched in like nine innings so far this year so say you're like kate hodges on tech and yeah. you hear your coach say that we don't have any pitchers left so we're gonna put in this shortstop who hasn't <laughs> pitched since 2019 when he was a senior in high school oh man back to what actually happens here because we got two outs the guy's gotten he got Wells to strike out and then two batters later, he gets Netterville to fly out on a sack fly. So two out of three batters he's faced, he's got two outs, right? So I guess if, if this works, maybe it's the smartest, you know, 250 million IQ move that's ever been made. Right. I, I don't know, but what yeah, happens but next? Mr. Galaxy brain then yeah. gives up a single to McConnell and a single to Mandy Garcia. Tech is now only down one run five to four. <sighs> yeah. McConnell's single to right field that you just mentioned should have ended the game. It was a pop fly into like the spot right between second base, like where the second baseman plays, where the right fielder plays and where the center fielder plays. 
but it was a sky. It, it was a moonshot to right there. So somebody, probably an outfielder, should have been able to get to it. But this second baseman, who I believe was the, actually their designated hitter, who had just been brought in, called the outfielders off and was running backwards, tracking the ball over his shoulder. And the Southern Miss reporter, uh, Patrick McGee, said on Twitter that the wind caught the ball at the last second and moved it away from him. Um, you know, the wind was swirling or something, but I feel like that's a play you got to let the outfielder make. Um, they definitely would have had time to get there in my opinion anyway, but thankfully it hits the ground. The game continues. Bates scores from first base because there were two outs. So he just ran, you know, he figures the game's over. I gotta, I gotta just run. So he scores that run and it's, it's not scored as an error. So I guess they, uh, the there's no way there's no, no way. it's a blip single yeah i i, I don't wow. think that ever gets called an error well the guy didn't ah. touch it the guy the guy didn't actually like it didn't like bounce out of his glove or anything so i think fielding errors are more like hey you had it and then you didn't right but in this case like i said this is a surefire out to end the game but yeah. they just played it wrong um i believe you already said but garcia singles to left field making it first and second and then corona works a full count walk, loading the bases. And by this point, Dickerson really, he was throwing the ball maybe 10 feet in the air. I mean, it was going over yeah. over everybody's head. He he never, to his credit, I guess, he never threw one away. Like the catcher caught them all, but that catcher was standing tall and jumping in the air to catch some of them. The, um, the catcher was also trying to teach him how to pitch it sometimes. <laughs> like he was showing him, he was like walk up to him and then make a motion with his arm. Yeah, like keep your wrist down or something like uh, that. He was like, know? yeah, he did. He did like before he threw the ball back one time. He kind of like, he kind of like motioned down with the ball, like in a in like a curve, like like, hey man, don't don't like throw it like you're a freaking shortstop, you dummy. <laughs> so that brings up Phil Matulia, and he also works the full count because of course he does, right? I mean, yeah. this is two full counts in a row with two outs. Everything on the line. Uh, I mean, uh, he uh, went down 2 0. He, he fell tipped. Uh, oh, yeah, you're the right. First two pitches. And so he came back from a 0 2 count. And at this point, you're just thinking, all right, a walk ties the ball game. And then we can, we can figure out what happens after that. They might bring in another pitcher. They might not. But one more strike and the game's over. And Southern Miss goes to the championship and Hattiesburg hosts a regional, probably instead of Rustin. I mean, there's a lot on the line. Like, this is a huge. This is a huge game, right? Yeah. And God, like... And what happens? What happens next? Will shot. Here's what happens next. <laughs> Three balls, two strikes, bases loaded, two out, one run game, bottom of the ninth. All three base runners will be off and running with a pitch. Crowd really getting into it again. Three balls, two strikes on Matulia. Dickerson, the wind and the pitch coming. Hit toward right center field. It's going to drop for a base hit. One run will score. Two runs will score. The Bulldogs are headed to the championship game. Oh, you got to love it. The Bulldogs score four runs. Bottom of the ninth inning to win it six to five, and we'll go to the championship game tomorrow 
against Old Dominion. Oof. Something that is important here, and we're way over time, so I don't know if I'm going to have to cut this or not, but Adarius Myers gets put into pinch run for Garcia after Garcia singles to load the ba- or to put two men on. Eventually, he gets walked over to third when Corona walks, so now Adarius Myers is at second. Myers is fast, and there's a reason why yeah. he's being used to pinch run here. He's so fast, the outfield doesn't even have time. They half half-heartedly move their arm as if in a throw motion because they realize the game's already over. That's yep. how fast Darius Myers is. Yeah. yeah, and and we noted too, like in my memory, the runners are like literally almost touching the next base by the time this pitch gets delivered <laughs> because it was a full count with two outs and nobody's holding anybody on base. The guy on the mound's not even a pitcher, so like he's not going to turn and pick anybody off, right? I mean... And and with two with a full if you do count, that, you could balk with a yeah. guy who's not a pitcher. Yeah, and, and with two with you know two outs and a full count, like I mean Myers literally scored like three steps after after McConnell scored. Yeah. Like it was not. And you're right, the outfielder that fielded the ball, he fielded it on one hop. He didn't even make a throw. The game was already over. Like, yeah. and you as could soon tell, as the ball hit the ground, I looked over at the plate, and like the second runner yep. had was crossing yep. the plate at that moment. Yep. Yeah, and and like it, Dave Nitz called it perfectly. I mean, he said one run will score, two runs will score the Bulldogs. You know, I, I mean, like it it was literally that fast. Like there was no and so move over, steal Netterville and Hunter Wells. There's a new king of my personal tech sports moments, and it is Phil Matulia's walk off, Adarius Myers, uh, and McConnell scoring. I, I mean, that's that's how movies make you think things happen in sports, right? Like that's how, you know, like things happen in a Disney movie. The the count is full and you've, you know, you have to win this game. It's the it's the seventh game of the World Series or whatever and there's a full count with two outs and bases loaded and this happened in real life. And it, <laughs> and it happened to clinch hosting a regional which we now know is what was on the line with this game cuz Hattiesburg didn't get it and we got it. And I I can't say anything else. I mean, it was amazing. It was straight up amazing and saturday was like the craziest most amazing day (laughs) of tech sports that i've ever seen yeah the weird thing though is that when you see walk off after walk off after miracle after miracle oh man when we move into sunday it almost feels like tech is untouchable it feels like it doesn't matter we can go down eight runs and come back and win a game (laughs) there's nothing we can't do and I, I want to move on quickly because of how, how long we've been talking. Yeah. But, man, we were close to doing it again against Old Dominion. And we yeah. almost didn't need to either. Yeah. I mean, this was another situation where I think just three more outs, right? What a Or no, no, never mind. This one went down differently. Sorry. Um, this game was Tech had a lead three to one, you know, going into the sixth inning. And things had gone pretty well. It wasn't a particularly high octane offensive game like we thought it was going to be i mean old dominion was the hottest team in this conference coming into this tournament they hit in their game on saturday morning to get to the championship game they hit seven home runs one player on their team hit three home runs in that game they hit daniel and i were at the doghouse before the tech southern miss game and they hit three home runs on three straight pitches including the first pitch of a new pitcher that they brought in after the other guy gave up two in a row I mean, these guys could have run ruled us, right? And I would have been like, I don't care. I got Saturday. You know, I, obviously I would have cared because we want to win the yeah. championship. But 
we were up three to one and it's like, man, where is, where's this high octane offense that we've been hearing about? And <laughs> uh Oh, and they showed up in the sixth because yeah. after a strikeout, a single and a walk, Tommy bell, hits a three run shot to left field. Yep. Puncturing a building in the, uh, uh, I don't think he hits a window. I think he hits the brick in the building and busts a <laughs> hole through it. And all of a sudden ODU's back on top four to three. Yeah. And I, I don't think I'm allowing myself to feel even sad in this moment because of what happened the night before. Like you just said, I mean, o- ODU could could win this game handily and I'd still be happy about what we just did to USM and specifically Dickerson. But it's and, still it does. It does still kind of suck to feel like you're in control of a game and then one swung yeah. in the bat be losing it. Yeah. And, and ODU adds another home run in the eighth um, to make it five to three. And I mean, we didn't feel like the game was over, right? But I think just after Saturday, it was just like this team can come back. I don't know if they've got it in them again. Like maybe we used all the magic yesterday and the implications of this game. Yes. Were to hold a trophy, right. And say, we're the CUSA champions, which I want to do very badly. Right. I want that. But we also, we had already locked up the regional from everything that we knew about, you know, seeding and how many CUSA teams we're going to host and yada, yada. Right. Like we beat Southern miss. We, we now lead the season series with them seven to four. Like there's no way Hattiesburg is getting it over Ruston. And we kind of knew that it was either us or them or Charlotte and Charlotte lost in two games. So we knew it wasn't them either, but then damn it. We just, we, they made me believe, right. And in the eighth inning, young doubles down the left field line to score, uh, Matulia, you know, so it's five to four going into the ninth and tech actually does what they need to do and get three outs in the ninth here to set up the bottom of the ninth. And damn it. They made me believe, man. They really did. Yeah. Because they tied it up. They forced that there would at least be extra inning because on the first at bat, Parker Bates heads up to the plate, takes a ball, fouls a ball off, takes another ball, and then homers over the batter's eye in center field. Yep. Bat flip and all. Tech has tied this game. The conference championship. We're all exhausted, but this is exactly how it felt like it was going to go down. Yeah. Yeah. And and you you got Netterville who just got you a walk off the day before coming up. So it's like, man, maybe he can do it. You got Garcia who can hit a home run at any given point. Right. Uh, McConnell has had some clutch hits, but Netterville pops out. McConnell strikes out. I just had this feeling that Garcia was going to end the game right there, but they changed pitchers out and uh, Garcia does get a single to his credit. But then Corona, I believe, um, grounds out to the third baseman to end the the threat there yeah so we're going to extras and in the top of the 10th jonathan fincher enters the game he's available apparently but he hits the first batter hits him with a pitch and suddenly the tying run or the winning run excuse me is on base then after a strikeout and a fly out kyle battle comes up to up to the plate man i mean okay so Fincher strikes out that guy on three straight pitches and then flies out on the next pitch. So you're like, okay, Finch. All right, let's go. Let's get back up to bat, baby. Let's go, you know? But unfortunately, Kyle Battle is the, I believe he's the home run leader in CUSA. Um, I believe he's top 15 nationally. Yeah. There's been some talk on Twitter whether or not we should have intentionally walked him. Yeah, I mean. I don't like moving a runner into scoring position. And and also ODU has a ton of home run hitters. They have 98 home yeah. runs on the season. Yeah. Or at this point, they had 97, I guess, to be fair. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. Uh, Kyle Battle <laughs> hit it exactly where Parker Bates just hit it, except farther. So this home run goes over, over the black wall, over the back fence behind the kennel, and bounced on one hop over the train track. And I, I saw, I mean, I'm not kidding. It bounced before the train track, but it bounced over the train track on the bounce. So uh, just an absolute no doubt home run. This is, a, this is a great hitter on a great team, made a great play at the right time. You know, it sucks. This puts them up seven to five and, you know, the game's not over yet, but Tech, uh, we all know if you're listening to the show, Tech did not go on to win this game. A um, couple strikeouts, young walks on four straight pitches, and then um, it's Wells. It's the hype again. Like, yeah. Is Tech going to do it? It felt like it could be done, but then Wells yeah. grounds out on a full count. And Tech yeah. falls to the Monarchs 7-5 to in the conference championship game. Tech didn't lose this game. Old Dominion just went out and won this game, right? And it sucks. Uh, maybe Fincher didn't locate that pitch like he wanted to, but you can't, you can't walk a guy that... I mean, Fincher just got, in three pitches, got us to two outs, right? So I, you're not going to walk a guy after that. That was also a two-strike a two hit by pitch as well. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. I, it's unfortunate. I think that's the best word yeah. for it. It's it's not like, like I said, it, it's not like tech blew yeah. it or anything. It's just look, I Old Dominion be... is a great team. Their their RPI is yeah. seven right now. They're amazing. They're hosting a regional in Columbia because they didn't apply to host, but they're the number one seed in somebody else's hosted regional. So, yeah, congrats to them for winning. Uh, their team seemed pretty classy from the play. I mean, there was no chippiness at all. Our guys after the game, when our guys uh, were accepting their awards for all tournament player or whatever, they they went up and congratulated those guys. And you know, it. I have no hatred for ODU, right? I want I wanted this championship. Um, I believed we were going to win this championship, but you know, we have bigger things left. I think so. Yeah. That helps too with the sting of all this. Yeah, hosting a regional will cure many ills. And we'll talk about that in a little bit, I guess, a little bit in our time. We're going to separate these out and do a, a preview episode that will come out tomorrow, the next Ooh. whatever. Time is weird. It's late at night. Yeah. Uh, before we wrap up the recap stuff, though, there were a lot of very good players and a lot of very good moments. Do we each want to pick one player and one moment of the tournament, at least from the tech perspective, that we want to give our metaphorical trophy to? Okay, well, the moment is is winning the walk off in game two against Southern Miss. Um, uh, just everything scripted for that moment, I, I wouldn't have believed it. You know, even before the ninth inning started, I would not have believed, or before the bottom of the ninth started, I would not have ever believed you if you said Southern Miss, supposedly the deepest team bullpen wise in our conference, is going to put their trash talking shortstop, freshman shortstop who has not pitched in a college game in to get three outs in the bottom of the ninth of the biggest game of the year with the most implications. Uh, it's insane. So that's the moment I'm going to give player to uh, Greg Martinez. Cause without that performance, who knows if we're hosting a regional next week, he was one error away from having a complete game, one run game in, in that situation in his first start of the year. So yeah, Greg Martinez is my player of the tournament. Uh, yeah, I mean, Martinez was going to be the guy I was going to give it to as well. Um, yeah, I mean, just what more can you ask from him doing that? I mean, personally, my favorite, the walk Hunter Wells's walk off to me was actually probably the biggest moment because that game, I started watching that game 
in the airport at DFW, got on a plane, paid $14 or whatever for in-flight Wi-Fi, had to keep on switching between the ESPN Plus stream and Dave Nitz in my ear based on how the internet was performing at that time, got out of the plane, walked through the airport to the garage that was attached to the airport, got in the car, put the radio up on the car, drove home, got home, parked the car, got out of the car, got on TV, turned on ESPN Plus just in time to see Hunter Wells hit that walk-off home run. Yeah. That's that's cheating a bit, I think, because I'm adding more <laughs> to the, what actually happened. But the first game is a walk-off win. What more can you ask for? So I think I'm going to go with uh, my favorite, my moment, or my player is going to be, we'll say Steel Netterville, because uh, he had a lot of big hits, uh, great hitter, and walked it off in game one against Southern Miss on Saturday. And favorite moment, well, let's, I'm just going to say the crowd being into it instead of like a specific moment because the crowd was such a pivotal part of everything that happened this weekend without them i don't think any of it would have happened you know and so that was just great to see you know at a tech game because that's normally something we have i guess that's cheating but it feels it feels right yeah yeah it does and so yeah we'll do our preview and probably a tweet of the week and our our preview podcast that'll be out tomorrow but for now that about wraps it up for this episode of the go tech please on die podcast as always you can follow us on twitter at g-o-t-e-c-h-p-l-s-d-n-t-d-i-e or head to our blog where we have stuff every now and then the baseball contest is over but i haven't even graded yet so we're not sure who won that one yet and that's at gtpdd.dog and until next time i'm nathan i'm evan and i'm daniel and go tech please don't die was 90 minutes long you really want to listen to a coda after all that